Hi, Saints and Aints. What's up with y'all? What's good? What's good? So I've been seeing, you know, every every single one of y'all on on my pictures, on posts, on our YouTube channel. We have a new, new YouTube channel called With the Berries, by the way. Um, talking about some. Is Thirty Minutes with the Berries gonna come back? This is the thing. We in a pandemic. A whole pandemic. Hello, I'm pregnant. Everybody be like, where y'all been at? Seven home? months at that. We've been at home. We've been at home, busy, <laughs> doing nothing and a whole lot all at the same time. Right. And so we, we, but we, we gonna try our best to, you know, record a bunch of these podcasts in our closet so y'all can be quiet. It feels good to be back though. Does it? Yeah, it feels good. It man. don't feel good to me because I'm sitting Indian style on this floor and I don't know how long that's gonna last. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. I you know I got pelvic problems. I empathize. Do you sympathize? Which one? Empathize. It could be either or. Yeah, d- depending on the state of your heart. <laughs> Anyways, man, um, we we're glad to be back. Um, before we even get into the conversation, just want to let you know that we are on Patreon now as well. So if you want to be a patron, please um, go to Jackie's um, bio and her Instagram. Or how about you don't go to my my bio how about you just go to www.patreon.com forward slash with the Paris. that too <laughs> it's probably the easier <laughs> route uh to get you know exclusives for now a good chunk of our patreon is surrounding uh our with the Paris youtube channel but we will uh try to make it uh what's the word conducive to the likes of those who enjoy these here podcasts but yeah you, you'll get some special stuff we answer your questions and and we I, also, I gave books away last week randomly from the office. And we also, you know, give exclusive um, conversations on Patreon. Um, so it kind of be like 30 Minutes with the Paris, but just us sitting down. Um, talking to you. Talking to you and mm-hmm. answering questions and talking to each other about, you know, random topics. So go check it out. So uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about your conversation with Kev on stage. <laughs> it kind of stirred up some pots out there. Stirred up a lot of pots. <laughs> Uh, it was a very interesting conversation, to also. say the least. Uh, it was interesting because, um, one, it was really dope for another group of, I guess, a, a different audience that doesn't necessarily know your testimony, your story, to be exposed to it, mm-hmm. um, which was, I feel like it's always good for the glory of God, um, personally. But, yeah, it also caused um, some some people to be upset and some people to be um, yeah, just kind of bothered by some of the things that you said because, like, like, like I said, they they're new to you mm-hmm. and your story, and so I, I'm pretty sure it, it caught a lot of people off guard who are new to your story. So, for context, about a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kev on stage, who is a comedian who has a, a pretty large platform on Instagram and Twitter and etc. Um, he has these, I guess, conversations that he has with people called Theological Thursdays on his YouTube channel. Um, and he invited me to come on to talk about uh, sexuality. And uh, we did. And folks didn't like it. <laughs> and not everybody, you know, but there was a there was a there was a big push for the video to be removed. And so uh, subsequently it was removed, I think, seven days after the post. And so uh, I, I think we want to talk less about even the interview itself and more about just the interesting dynamics of what happens when a Christian um, attempts to be faithful to the scriptures um, as it relates to sexuality or sin or obedience or righteousness or whatever. And how that 
yeah, how that's heard and interpreted and then responded to by the culture at large. Because I think both me and Preston, um, though our topics usually are different, I think our ministries are similar in that way, yeah. you know, uh, of of saying things that are true and trying our best to communicate them in a way that is loving and gentle and patient and kind, yet still having to deal with or reckon with the fact that that doesn't mean people ain't going to hate you just because you said the truth nicely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, but was I surprised? No. I well, w- what were some of the comments for, for people that did not read them? Um, yeah, I think. you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't venture into comment sections. Yeah, I looked at the <laughs> comment section just for a while and, you know, my heart can take a lot of it. <laughs> but uh, it was comments like, um, this is hurtful. Um, this is um, degrading to people who have same-sex attraction. Um, this conversation is one-sided, which I kind of felt they had a fair argument. They mm-hmm. kind of felt like it should have been somebody else in the conversation that could have balanced the conversation. To push back. To push back right. um, at you. At the, but at the same time, I think that it was uh, somebody that was trying to talk to you just to learn your perspective. Right. In the same way, you know, he's talked to other people in the past just to hear their perspective. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that was the the nature of his whole, the reason why he stopped doing it the, the Theological Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that yeah, I think that some people just didn't like your mm-hmm. perspective. So, did you see any comments that made you mad? Did that made you want to fight? No, 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 I didn't. <laughs> yeah, because because by by now I'm used to it. Yeah. You know, I think that I think that um, it's certain things that want to that make me want to fight. Like if somebody try to put their hands on you, you know, right. I, I don't, I don't, I don't go for that. Uh, but you know. Like I, I don't think that I can effectively be a witness and an ambassador for the gospel and not expect things like this to happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that um, Jesus lets us know, you know, in so many ways that the gospel is uh, very controversial. You know, I think that for people who, um, yeah, I think for people who say things like that, um, I think that they just listen to the narrative of of, of, of Jesus and what he what he taught. Um, he, he they'll see that in a lot of ways your message um, was happening to your message or what people are trying to do with the things that you said is exactly what Jesus said. What happened? Yeah, and, and which a, is persecution, which is people getting mad at the truth and all of it. And to summarize what I said, just in case people like, so what did, what did she say? <laughs> in, in essence, I, I told my story. So if you read my book, uh, Gay Girl, Good God, I, I pretty much said everything that's in the book, um, but in, a, in an abbreviated version. Um, I think one of the most controversial things that I said, which was uh, taken as a clip and put on Kev's uh, page, which was that I'm a woman who was married to a man, so therefore functionally heterosexual, yet at the same time, I am still very much attracted to and tempted by women. Um, but as a Christian, uh, what I feel or that what I believe faithfulness is, is to kill, deny, suppress uh, whatever desires that rise up in me um, that God has told me not to give myself to. Um, and, everybody and I was, do that by faith. And everybody was like, what in the world? Yeah, which is which is the 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 I think to their defense and me trying to put my mind in their mind, that sounds crazy. Uh, Self-denial does not make sense to the natural mind. You know, why in the world would you deny yourself from what they say is yourself? You know, because we've, 
we've uh, intertwined um, passion and desire and affection and our, I guess, sexual preferences with our identities to the point that to deny who you think yourself to be is is blasphemous to this culture. Yeah. But that's actually what Christianity is, yeah. is to deny myself. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, I wanted the conversation to continue and not to, con- you know, I was kind of disappointed when the conversation was taken down, but I, I definitely understood um, the dilemma that he was in. But uh, I, I feel, I felt like if the conversation would have continued, I, I felt like, uh, it, yeah, it would have given more opportunity from the Christian perspective to be heard. Because I think a lot of times when I talk to people in different w- face or different worldviews, one of the things that I do before we start to talk about what we disagree in is give each other a firm foundation of what we fundamentally believe mm-hmm. before we start having a, a, a disagreement on something. Mm-hmm. So for example, when somebody comes to me and say the Trinity is wrong, it's like, okay, before we even talk about the Trinity and dig in the scriptures, let me first give you a firm foundation of what the Trinity is because most people have a misrepresentation of what Christians right. believe in the first place. Right. So with that being said, I think... Um, with you, I think I saw a whole bunch of comments like, this is harming. Mm-hmm. This is going against, you know, our nature. This is going against who we are. This is making us suppress who we are. And I think for the people who say that, really don't have a firm foundation of the Christian worldview. Because what the Christian worldview is, is for you example, it is not you merely spewing out your opinions or spewing out something that you have critically thought through. Right. But it is you expressing what the Bible now calls your new nature. Right. It is not somebody who is who was who was in the gay or in the homosexual lifestyle, um, and now you're not right. um, because you thought through some things. But no, it is somebody Who's who has been transformed. Who has been transformed. Yeah. So, in in so many ways, you know, I think people don't understand that. Um, to 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 directly go against what you believe is not merely going against your worldview mm-hmm. or what you critically thought through, mm-hmm. but it is a direct um, uh, opposition towards mm-hmm. your your new nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think people like you. You embrace that for the sake of conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think I think I think if we cannot do that, um, we cannot, you know, effectively have conversations that are healthy. And also the world would try to convince us that we cannot walk in love mm-hmm. with the same with the people who are same sex attracted, um, just because we disagree with one aspect of their lives. And that's yeah. just not that's just not true. I, I know that um uh, the, the the sexuality conversation is automatically (laughs) so much more contentious than a lot of other conversations. Like we don't see this same intensity with like fornication or adultery or polyamory or uh, even pornography. Like it's, it's just not like people don't get this mad or feel this, this, you know, I don't know. Why do you think people get this mad? Because I I, th- I, th- I think, this is, this is me thinking, I think this identity thing is huge because hmm. when, when, when I'm coming for, let's say if I say, A, don't have sex before marriage, I, it feels as if I'm coming for the act, not the person. Mm-hmm. Versus if I say, hey, we should deny ourselves all uh, uh, whatever sexual passions that we have that go against God's original design. It, it's not an act that I'm seemingly coming for. It's a person. 
But what I'm trying to argue is that what the Bible is coming for is not a person per se, but rather a heart. For example, in... uh, uh, what is it? First Corinthians six, nine through 10. Even the word homosexual one isn't there in the Greek. It's men sleeping with men. So it is coming against a practice and not a person. But the way that we read that passage or in Romans one, the way that we read that passage is that we look at these, the use of the term homosexual as nouns instead of adjectives. And so because we look at them as nouns, even the world and the church communicates them like it's talking about people when it's talking about a practice. Mm. What I mean by that is if I'm talking about the sin, I'm not attacking you as an individual. I'm attacking like the 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 heart postures and the belief systems and the sinfulness that is coming out of the individual. That's good. Does so, it make sense? Absolutely. So what you're just what you're saying is that you in a in a lot of ways you're not making people their sin. You're not, you're not. You're, exactly. Yeah, you're not making people that sin. You have, and, and that's the but thing. But people have made themselves their sin. Yeah. Because we have concluded that because this is how I feel, this is who I am. That's deep. That's <laughs> deep. And that's, and so, and, and yeah, that's really deep. Because one of the things that I saw um, in the comments, and not just in this comments section, but just many times before, is how some people don't have the ability to um, to separate um, church culture uh, and what and, and and the things that might happen in church culture with faithful Christians like yourself. Like mm-hmm. so, I think in a lot of times in church culture throughout history, we have had we've had to be honest a lot of damaging things. Oh, terrible that things that has been said in the horrible or whatever, things. You know what I mean? Sad things. Um, Despicable things. Yeah. Homophobic things. Absolutely, but I but I think that it is a difference between uh, a faithful Christian who is seeking to walk through walk walk in love with people who are same sex attracted because I think that uh yeah, for you example, for for example, like you have been attacked by people in the church who say Jackie, like y- y- you're saying that you can be in a marriage and still w- w- with a man and still be attracted and to. Can I to say women? something about that real quick? Yeah, or that, am I going to distract you? No, no, no. You. That was another because me and Preston actually kind of like uh, talked about this a little bit, which was I say, you know, in Christ in a marriage, I'm still tempted. People say that's stupid. That's foolish. But let me have got on there and say. Yeah, all my all my desires and temptations went away. They would have looked at me like I'm a liar too. Liar! <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so it's like You're when a I face liar. And that's from both sides, from both the world and the church, because there are people in the church that could presume that I am saying that God cannot deliver. Um, but what they are using is they're co-opting the word deliverance and, and actually adding a definition to that, it that's not seen in the scriptures. And that's my whole point. I think that for people, for the people in the comment section to say, you are a person who is spewing hate just like the church has has done for the last 80 years, they don't understand how your message is so countercultural to a lot of it's church. It's polarizing on both sides. Retro, uh, to a lot of church rhetoric that has been spewed out of pulpits for a very long time. It, the, the church has taught us that if we, that, that if we're still attracted 
to the uh, to the um to the same sex that we haven't been delivered mm-hmm. and you're saying the bible doesn't say that because the, the bible never fl- frame, frames deliverance in that way anytime deliverance is mentioned it's a it's a change in position and so israel when they were delivered they were delivered from egypt where into canaan uh in christ what are we delivered we are delivered out of a domain of darkness into a domain of light it's a change in position yeah and so changing my position does not mean that i won't struggle does not mean that I won't be tempted. What it means is I'm under a new master now. I'm in a new location. I'm in a place of safety where I now am empowered to resist those things that happened and took place in Egypt. That's yeah. a word. Yeah. And so it's really good. I, so I yeah. Yeah. And, and and in the same way, you know, I, I often give and I and I know I I want to be sensitive, you know, because five years ago, you know, I wasn't as sensitive to these topics, but Aww. God has grown me. God has done a word. Whatever. Um, yeah. And so I want to be sensitive because I have, you know, I know people who are same sex attracted, who I, who I respect and who I think are, are, you know, good people. And, um, and yeah, so, but one of the things that I, I try not to do is to make comparisons, um, to a worldview that I never, in a world, to a worldview I've never been in right. and understood in, in, in a, on a personal level. But at the same time, I think that, um, I had desires in me as mm-hmm. a as a heterosexual male. Yeah, still you know? do. Yeah, still do. Yeah. And I don't. And, and 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 it's not fair. Like when I see the lifestyle that God took you out of, how people would try to make that your identity, and mm-hmm. people don't do the same thing for me. Do you want to talk a, about uh, what what the people said to your sister? You want to bring that up or no? Yeah. So for example, like um, you know, Jackie's conversation uh, when it came out. Um, people, you know, um, had a lot to say about it. Even some family members um, came to me and was like, yo, like, she's still attracted to to women, you know? Um, like, like, how do you feel about that? Are you, are you afraid? Um, and I'm like, why, why should I be afraid? Like, um, do you think that her still being attracted to women still makes her a, a, a lesbian woman in the same way like if I'm still attracted to multiple women does that make me polyamorous mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like am I am I who Christ says I am because because what you're getting at is that if if we're going to treat people according to what they're tempted by then both of us need to be fearful of our fidelity to each other absolutely period because which is which is deep because it's like why why everybody looking at me like I'm the one that's gonna cheat when pressing the one that had knocked sixteen thousand boots in his day, yeah, and Hello? And, and I and I think that when people look at, I think at when people look <laughs> I should at, should be terrified. Yeah, what you saying? Right. <laughs> I think it when people look at um, men who who are who is not monogamous in one relationship, who sleeping with so many different women, they look at them as you know just men being men, mm-hmm. not understanding the emotional aspect. Yeah, and a lot of sexual relations that men have, you know, when mm-hmm. they're when they're just running the streets having sex. They just think, oh, they're just men being dogs. Mm-hmm. And they just don't understand men. Mm-hmm. And I think that men can't even uh, properly communicate this because they don't really understand themselves. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? But I think that there is a deep emotional uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, an emotional need that men try to feel, mm-hmm. right? So I've heard men growing up saying, like, I just don't know how to be with one woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I care for multiple women that I'm with, and they all give me something new. Mm-hmm. They all give me something fresh that I need. And so when a man becomes a Christian like myself, there is a level of 
denial mm-hmm. that I have to that I have to take. There is a level of saying, man, it is hard to be fulfilled by one woman. Yes. Right? <laughs> it is hard for a one woman to fulfill all my my emotional needs, all my sexual needs, mm-hmm. all my physical needs. It's it's it it is a level of denial. But people, when I struggle with the fact that I want to have a conversation with this woman and and, and flirt with her in my heart, or mm-hmm. I want to look at this woman's body, right. or I want to actually be physical with this woman, right. um, but I don't do it, people don't call me a fornicator or an adulterer. Nor do they they look at you. Well, some some obviously some worldly men do, <laughs> but they don't they don't treat you as if your form of denial is suppressing your true your self. true self yeah. right um which which i think goes back to the identity thing but I, I think in as far as a man identifies himself with his passions and his lusts his lust will have power over him because i think if you were in our marriage or if you moved about the world feeling because i'm a man this is mu- what i must do then you would be a slave to that thing Absolutely. but you don't see yourself through the lens of what you struggle with you see yourself through the lens of what christ did for you and yeah. so because of that it isn't just oh because i feel this way i'm gonna do it it's uh i might feel this way but i'm gonna obey jesus yeah and that's that that's that's ultimately what all christians are called to do whether they're same-sex attracted whether they like a bunch of women whether they're addicted to pornography whether they uh, are mean <laughs> you got Christians that just have a real bad hard time being nice yeah and they gotta deny themselves to say I feel like I should be mean to this person but that's not what I'm gonna do I'm gonna obey Jesus and yeah. so what we're appealing to is a historic understanding of the gospel yeah it's that simple it's what the early church taught it's what it's what Christianity was founded on it was founded on a, a, a man <laughs> um uh, God becoming man and dwelling in human history and literally sacrificing himself for the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. And so like anybody who comes to this gospel, to this, to this, this gospel message, we have to know when Jesus tells us that this life will be hard, we have to know that includes denying things that we feel is yep. right. Yep. So true to us. Right. Yep. It, 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 that that's, that's what the gospel message is about. It is, it is not counting the things that I love as a game, but counting them lost for mm-hmm. the sake of the cross. Eee, that's, that's what the gospel, that's what the gospel message is. And I think that you if we, be talking over me because <laughs> you be trying to distract me but uh yeah, I, yeah so so i i it, it hurts me sometimes when people think that you're intentionally trying to you know be um hurtful or try to be dismissive of how they feel yeah. when you're really um just just talking about um uh, the gospel that saves your life you but, know what i mean but you know a lot of this is None of this is, uh, what's the word, confusing to me, you know, because I think if you read the scriptures, how people understand the gospel um, and themselves is has always got some type of pushback, you know. But I think also, like, there's a level of ignorance. And by ignorance, I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean that, like, literally. Um, even in Romans 1, where it talks about um, idolatry, it says that people thought 
they sought themselves to be wise, but in that they became fools. This is talking about wisdom is talking about arguments, mm-hmm. talking about intellect, talking about how your logic um, interacts with certain biblical uh, instruction. Right. And so there's you already come into it when you are an idol worshiper. You already come into it assuming that your opinion of yourself and the world and how everything is supposed to function is actually wiser than what God has commanded in the scriptures. Yeah. And so, God forbid, somebody come in talking about, well, yeah, Jesus said, take up your cross daily and and die if you want to follow him. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's, again, that's you appealing to your wisdom, which the scripture actually calls foolish. But that wasn't my point. <laughs> One point that I was going to make is, I think, I don't know how thorough our communication of or our understanding of original sin affects this conversation. Yeah, in what way? Because I think apart from, I think if you don't understand the reason you were created and then you don't understand how sin has corrupted that, Mm-hmm. then when we talk about denying self, you don't understand that yourself is broken. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And so like we were created for glory. We were created to love and serve and honor God. That was the entire purpose. Our emotions and our feelings and our passions and our affections, they exist for very natural reasons, mm-hmm. namely to honor God and yeah. to love each other Absolutely. and to enjoy things, yeah. right? But when sin came into the mix, it perverted and twisted our affections and our desires where now we were desiring things that go against God's original intention for mm. our body yes. and our creation. So it's, it's so that so so to say that we're denying ourselves is to say that we are attempting through the power of the spirit to restore our bodies and our minds back to its original intention, which is to honor God with it. That's that's really good because I think what I hear is it's not necessarily um, the 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 things that we desire, it is how um, distorted our our desires have become. They are affected. Yeah, they are. Our affections are affected. Yeah, our affections <laughs> are affected. And that, that's really good. And I think to just piggyback off of that, because um, sin came in and just kind of just jacked the way we see things and the way we see God and the way we see each other. We see everything, yeah. We see it, it, it has skewed our view. We, we, we then, I think, don't realize how much faith is a gift. It has to be yes. a gift. Right? And I think that if we don't realize how much faith is a gift and, and that God has to open one's eyes to allow them to see him properly, to see each other properly, I think that a, a lot of this conversation will be just... Yeah, it's just a circular argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- uh, yeah, so I, I think that we have to realize that faith is a gift. And I think that for Christians who want to continue this dialogue with people in the world about this particular topic, we have to, we have to have, we have to have that framework. We yeah. have to know that God has gifted, um, those to see him properly. Yeah. It's, a, and I think it's both a gift and a decision. Because God has provided, obviously the Holy Spirit moves upon our hearts and removes the veil where we can see the beauty uh, that is in Jesus. But then there's the constant choosing to believe what he has said and what he has revealed in his son. Because do you know what incredible faith it takes to 
not give in to what feels good, to not give in to what feels right mm-hmm. in the hope that one day God will honor it and say, well done. Yeah. That takes faith because yeah. <laughs> it can feel ridiculous and, to and, continue to say no to yourself yeah. for what? Yeah. For Jesus. Yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> say like, what, what, like, what, what does that faith in God looks like? And I think, I think that's a good question, you know, because I think the word faith simply means it, it derives from this word confide. It means confidence. Confidence, yeah. It just, it, I it got just, confidence. It just literally so means confidence. confidence in what Jesus did and that he has the best intentions for me and the way he created me. According to his word, it's the right way. Mm-hmm. And that what he has communicated in his word is authoritative. Yeah. And so, and so a lot of times I think, um, and I'm not trying to diagnose everybody's heart because that's not my, my job. And I, you can't do that. Yeah, I can't. Well, you uh, can say that it's, it's deceitful above all things who can know it because the Bible said that. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> I think that, I think that I will want everybody who wants to continue to have this conversation in a loving and respectful way. I would challenge them to 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 examine their heart and and to ask themselves: Are you completely confident in 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 the Lord and what He has said? And are you willing to submit mm. to everything He has said in His Word, mm-hmm. or are you are you um, are you taking a little bit of what God said and a little bit of how you feel and trying to marry the two? Because mm-hmm. it's like, that's just not how the Bible works. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? And that's not how, you know, uh, Christianity works. But that's how we work. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think that's the hard part is because I think I, I, I automatic pushback somebody would bring is, how do we know it's God's word? How do we know all of it is God's word? How do I know that, you know, I should submit to Paul? Uh, and and Paul isn't Jesus. So there's all these questions and like arguments against it. But again, I, I do think it revolves around obviously study, study to show yourself approved, you know, but it's also just faith. Either you're going to believe God or you won't. Yeah. You know, either, either he created you for himself and his glory. And that means that he, he demands or he deserves both, <laughs> like both you, your soul, your body, your thoughts, your heart, your mind, or he doesn't, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and be willing to believe not only in your denial of yourself or your denial, whatever it is that God has uh, deemed sinful, that it's not a sacrifice that won't profit you anything, Absolutely. you know, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of what is it? Free gift to God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the text. Yes. Um, <laughs> like obedience will not return void. Absolutely. Like we will reap what we sow, and for those who sow to the Spirit, they will reap the Spirit. Like we will see God one day. Blessed are the pure at heart. Blessed, happy are the pure at heart. Yeah. And so that's what. Honestly, that's always, we talked about this too, that's what keeps me going. It isn't anything other than the reality that one day I'm going to see God and he is going to give me the ultimate affirmation that I've never, never received on earth, which is well done. Imagine that. God, the creator of the universe saying, well done. That will make every single sacrifice Every single moment of self-denial completely worth it. Absolutely. And I just want to say this because it's, it's on my heart. 
I think that on your heart. That's so Christian. Uh, it is on my heart because I think I think um, if this was five five years ago, I think I would have came into this conversation just really bluntly because uh, I can be a blunt person and I just would have said oh, really what um, what the scriptures say and 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 not really consider what people feel. Huh. But this last five years, I've I've learned a lot. Of course, being married to you, also talking to people who are same sex attracted, and I think this narrative is being taught uh, that that if we disagree. Uh, with each other that we cannot walk in love with one another. Mm-hmm. And, Teach the, us. and the world is trying to push this narrative that to love is to agree. And mm-hmm. that's just not how that's just not how the world works. Mm-hmm. And if the world continues to work like that, I think that we're in danger. That's true. Um, because if we don't if we don't respect each other's worldviews, uh, we can never grow mm-hmm. and the world will all go in one direction. And I don't think that God created it to go in one direction. But I but I also I'm also sensitive to people who are listening to a very heterosexual male talk about these things uh, because- Cisgender. Yeah. You because, know what that means? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, uh, maybe you can tell me later. Uh, but, I, but I think, yeah, it, it probably can feel the same way when I hear people who don't grow up in the urban community try to talk about black on black crime. You know mm. what I'm saying? Uh, so I, I, I get that. But, I, but one of the things that I've tried to do is to learn mm-hmm. um, from from you know the LGBTQ plus community, mm-hmm. um, and I've tried to to hear, and I've 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 come to respect um, people in 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 that particular community. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had you know dinners with people married, um, right. um, you know, um, gay couples that that we like I like them as as people. Mm-hmm. And then when I go into these situations, I don't I don't look at them like they're like like they're like they're just their sexuality. Mm-hmm. I've come to come to respect who they are as artists, who they are as people, mm-hmm. their fashion. It's so much more mm-hmm. to a person now than I was taught to grow up to see gay people as. Right. I, like I, I was taught to to look at them as a, a particular way. Um, and so I think that being married to a, a, a woman who is now a believer and who came out of that lifestyle has helped me. But I think the Holy Spirit has helped me. And I think that if we have healthy conversations, I, I think that Christians will have the opportunity to like truly become friends mm. with people in that particular community uh, and to walk in love even in their disagreement. Mm-hmm. I think the devil and the world tries to push this narrative that it is not possible. And you know what? Not it's, to cut it's you not off. not true. But I think, I do think that's happening. It's just not online. Because I think sometimes mm. we can think that uh, there are not friendships within uh, with straight and queer people are trans and Baptist saints, like, but there, there is, but you, you assume that the comment section and Twitter is real life and it's not, it's not, it's people yapping their jaws, but it's like, no, behind closed doors, in neighborhoods, in churches, in homes, these kinds of conversations and friendships are beginning to develop because God is being faithful and he is loving the world through his church. But I think what happens is when these, when these, when these relationships are put on the forefront, I think un unbalanced people from oh, both perspectives. Yeah. yeah. Every, think, nobody think, is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think I think some unbalanced people from the Christian worldview, they would say, 
are you friends with this person? Are you giving them the gospel? Yeah, unequally yoked. Yeah, are you unequally yoked? And I think that for, that's true. I think people in the world will say, are, are they suppressing you? Yeah. Are they are they They're brainwashing? Are you. they brainwashing you? And yeah. it's like no, like, like that's a great she's point. Qu- she's queer. And I and 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 I'm straight, mm-hmm. but we're both artists, mm-hmm. and we both like sneakers, mm-hmm. and we both like food, mm-hmm. and we both like the same movies. We're humans being human. Yeah, we're humans being human. And she knows my position. Mm-hmm. I know her position. But we can love each other well, mm-hmm. and we can spend five days with each other and never talk about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. It is possible. It's possible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, um, so I I just think that I just think that we have to just yeah stop pushing this narrative that. To disagree is to not love because mm-hmm. that's not that's not what love is. Yeah, I think uh, this is a good conversation. I think I want to recommend um, some books. Uh, the Coddling of the American Mind. I'll I'll link to it in the little bio thing or whatever it's called on on uh, what's this thing podcast. Uh, I think that's a great book to see where the world is going um, in terms of labeling. Uh, I guess, worldviews that we disagree with as harmful or traumatic. It's not even a Christian book. It's written by um, like this ethicist guy who is is real smart and stuff. That's a really great book. Rosario Butterfield's book, uh, The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert, um, is just a a brilliant memoir to me. One, I'm friends with Rosario and I just, I love her to pieces. I don't know why I'm saying that. Like I a big cookies or something <laughs> but uh, I think the way she talks about her story as being a, a queer professor who hated Christians and the scriptures and how the hospitality of one believer led her to see um, Jesus as the aim of all of life I just think for both sides Christian or non-Christian queer straight whatever not saying that those are uh, mutually exclusive but you get what I'm saying um, <laughs> I think it's just a helpful uh, narrative to read yeah she has an amazing testimony. Yeah. But thank y'all for this. Yeah, man. Tune in um, to more podcasts that's going to release in the, in, the, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Peace. Bye.